humans, it's here. The Sydney Hollis Show World Cup Preview. I interview our own, Brian Fithian. So without further ado, let's just jump right into it. Here is me and Brian. Humans, it's happened. I've taken the show on the road to another human's home. You know him from episode 11. You know him for his fantastic ideas about Christmas lights. You know him for his men's blouses, uh, Pirates of Penzance. He's Brian in Murray Hill, Brian in Manhattan. I'm in his house recording this episode. Welcome to the Sydney Hollow Show, Brian, and welcome to your house, me. Uh, thank you very much. I'm, you know, I'm thrilled to be here. And I'm happy to be here, too. <laughs> yeah. Um, We're in your bedroom. Yes, that's right. Yeah. We're in your bedroom. Your wife and your child are downstairs. Yes, that's right. He is asleep and uh, and she is hanging out. She's having some me time. She's having some me time, some well-deserved me time. Absolutely. Uh, or maybe she's actually like cleaning stuff up and like, oh. <laughs> doing errands. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I, I can't believe your encyclopedic memory. Uh, you remember the episode, Christmas Lights, the Pirates of Penzance? That was really... that was. <laughs> That was an impressive poll. You know, this <laughs> is an that. audio medium, but it lends itself to we all paint our own pictures. You know, I just took a walk through the Louvre in my mind. Wow. And I went to the Brian Wing. Wow. I'm, I'm, I'm honored. You know, there's a there's a marble uh, bust of you. There's, uh, <laughs> you know, the one time I've been to Paris, uh, it was for a very brief period. It was with Jackie and we were like, we're not going to do the Louvre because it's like such a thing. You sure. know, it's like... But we did take pictures in front of the glass pyramid. <laughs> so I've been outside the Louvre. I've like taken a selfie in front of the Louvre. And I'm like, that's like the most millennial thing ever. Did not go to the museum. Did take a picture in front of it. Dude, that is, that's like when I went to Coney Island this summer with Chris Howe. And these Gen Zers were walking up to the jukebox, taking pictures of it, and then walking away. That's very funny. Not like thumbing through the selections, <laughs> not putting a dollar in, not listening to it for very long. Yeah. Just like photographing it and walking away. I thought you were gonna say like uh, taking a picture of like a Nathan's hot dog and then throwing it in the trash. <laughs> <laughs> you know, speaking of throwing a piece of food in the trash, I may have mentioned this on the podcast. I, I in fact, I know I did. This would have been back in September, perhaps early October. I was at a birthday party of a friend, and someone had brought donuts for the guy. And then people were giving that like whenever someone arrives, people were like, "Oh, have a donut, have a donut." And this one dude arrived. And like took a donut and I saw him have like a, a bite, you know, in front of the birthday boy. And as soon as he turned around, this guy threw a full donut in the trash. And mm. that's maybe unfair of me. I mean, if you have eating issues of, of sugary pastry, may not be what you want to eat or if you're off carbs. But there was just also something the the politically incorrect man in me was like, just eat the fucking donut. Bro. Well, I mean, in the politically correct man, you can, you know, that's that food waste, you know, that's like <laughs> he did, he threw it in the trash. He didn't take it to a compost outlet. No. You know, and, and it was sort of like, but I get, I will say I get like feeling the social pressure that you have to take a bite in front of the birthday boy. And once you've taken that bite, what are you going to do? You could just eat the donut, but you know what my brother once taught me? Is he said, like, you know, I once, like, I didn't want to finish my plate or something because I was like, uh, I was like, or I, I did want to finish my plate, but just because I didn't want to waste the food, but I wasn't hungry anymore. And he's like, well, Brian, if you're not hungry and you eat it, that's also a waste. And I was that's like, good. oh, wow. 
It's like a sunk cost. Yeah. It's it like if, if you're too full, then eating beyond that point is wasting the food just as much as throwing it away. Yeah. And there's just more shit into the sewage system. Yeah, exactly. We got to protect the fatberg <laughs> or prevent the fatberg. <laughs> what if I thought? I thought that the fatberg was like a good thing that we all had to save. <laughs> yeah. And that's why we can't flush our wipes. Add a layer. Yeah. <laughs> save. <laughs> that's a t-shirt. Save the fatberg. I you know I was worried I was going to ramble, but I think uh, this World Cup podcast interview, is, <laughs> I'm really staying really laser focused in. Well, I'm about to, you know, I'm taking this off off topic here. So yes, Brian, uh, I I asked Brian to be on uh, because he's a World Cup head. He's oh, yeah. the one that gave me most of the information I dispelled on the last podcast. To be fair, to give him credit. Uh, so it only seems right to, to check in with the expert, hear what we're in, hear what we're in for, you know? Well, and I was glad I listened to you. I listened to the Tuesday episode because I was like, I saw that you were talking about, I would have listened anyway, but I saw you were talking about the World Cup and I was like, oh, let me make sure I like see what he has sort of already covered. Sure. Uh, sure. So yeah. So this will hopefully be a good complimentary. This is World Cup part two. Yes. Yes. Or almost that was like World Cup teaser. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. this is you know I didn't even have um, I didn't send any info to Veronica, our mm. social media strategist, to post about it because it felt like it would just be wasteful to consider that last <laughs> one a World Cup thing. This should be our World Cup one that we blast out. Wow, uh, well, yeah, definitely. Now, who who's the favorite? Who's the favorite going into this thing? Great place to start. <laughs> Love it. Um, Brazil is the favorite. Okay. Which is not always the case, but more often than any other team, that is the case. Um, Brazil, one of the great things about the World Cup is that Brazil is often the favorite, and they're an incredibly likable favorite. Okay. Like, it's, it's, they are so good because they love it so much. You know, okay. it's not like pro sports where they just spend more money than everybody else. It's a big country. Like, fuck Yankees fans, fuck the Yankees. Well, you know, <laughs> but you like, you're, you know, like, I mean, the whole MLB is right like that, right? Like, you know, like the Astros, Dodgers, Yankees, Red Sox, how much more money are the four of them spending than the bottom four teams in the league, right? Fair enough. But yeah, no, specifically like Yankees, that's true. But like, you know, regardless of how you feel about pro sports, it's like, they're a big country. So that's an advantage. There's like 200 million people in Brazil. That is an advantage. Okay. But yeah, they're not spending any more money. They just love it. There's 200 million of them, and they love soccer. They they love it. And that comes across, you know, every team has different tactics, so you don't want to, like, reduce it to, like, oh, they play with so much more joy than everybody else. Like, everybody plays with joy, It's you know. but It's the beautiful game. It's the beautiful game. And they wear these, like, bright canary yellow jerseys. Ooh. You're, you're going to love this. On the back of their jerseys, yeah. they have first names, they have nicknames. What? They don't wear their last names. I mean, some of them do, but mostly like like Ronaldo is a famous. That's his first. They've name. They've had like two Ronaldos too. So the current current active Ronaldo plays for Portugal, who we're definitely oh, going to get to. Okay. But okay. the other Ronaldo who played for Brazil, he won a World Cup in 2002. Great forward, really awesome player. That's his first name. Wow. And like uh, uh, Ronaldinho was another guy who played with him. That's just little Ronaldo. So like his, it's like if my jersey said like little Brian, you know, 
And like there's a Brian, so this is little Brian. Sure. And that's his jersey. Pele is a nickname. Wow. Like the best, you know, like the goat, right? Like Pele, what we know him by, that's not his name. That's his that's his nickname. And that's wow. what's on his jersey. Kaka. Neymar's a first name, Kaka's a nickname. There was a guy a couple years ago who who had Hulk on the back of his jersey for Brazil, right? Like this is, you know, the highest thing. Like one one of the biggest par- aspects of Brazilian culture. So they make soccer fun. They they make it fun. So it's definitely like part of their vibe is like you know this is fun. We love this and and the whole country is like I haven't met a ton of Brazilian people in my life, but I've never encountered a Brazilian person who was like yeah I'm not really that into the national team. That's you know? fair. Um, so and Brazil's a favorite. You if I may it. sound like a pig here, there are lots of. Bikini Bay Brazilian gals that have these amazing tan lines. That seems to be a thing they do. Oh, and they dress up. Yeah, they like wear like yeah, like yeah. Brazilian fans like like really go all out. They travel well, so you'll definitely see some Brazilian fans in the stands in Qatar. Oh, whoa, and where um, is Qatar? Qatar is in the Middle East. It's a tiny country. Now, I don't think we should do a deep dive into this. Yeah, fair enough. But fair enough. Qatar, there's tons of podcasts and series out right now about the 2022 World Cup and 2018 World Cup. There's definitely a lot of corruption. I mean... Human rights violations. Tons of human rights. There's an estimate that like 6,500 migrant workers have died in like preparing this specific World Cup. Like, so they, you know, it it's... John, John Oliver did a like whole thing about it. There's lots of great places to listen to it. I'm not qualified. But what I do know is like Qatar has absolutely not treated their workers to a standard that like you would expect of a partner to an organization, like an international sports organization, like Fair FIFA, enough. you know. Um, but there are lots of people more qualified to talk about this. So John Oliver can be a good companion piece to this yes. canon yes. of the World Cup. Exactly. If you have a spare moment to, <laughs> as an addendum to your Sydney Hollis show, uh, listenership, yeah. But that's only after you've listened to the other 113 episodes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, but... Uh, so, yeah, so Qatar is in the Middle East. One thing I also like about the World Cup is the games are at weird times. Yes, right? that's fun. Like a, like a good international Olympics. I love that. Yeah, so my the, the best American World Cup game I've ever watched was at, I don't know the exact time, but it was the middle of the night. My dad woke me up to watch it. And then I stayed up, watched the game, and went back to sleep. It was a game in when the Korea-Japan World Cup. Oh. The only knockout stage game that America has ever won in my lifetime. So we made it out of our group, and we won a knockout game oh, wow. against Mexico. Great game, uh, 2002. But, so yeah, so Brazil's a favorite, and you gotta love Brazil. Um, okay. Yeah, they're, they're, they're an incredibly likable favorite. Uh, like, you know, it, they're they're very fun to watch. And are there any other secondary favorites that are worth mentioning, or not really? Yeah, so France is the defending champion. Okay. You know, it's it's always difficult to recapture the magic of a previous World Cup, but In I mean... four years. Yeah, but it's not like their talent has aged out. They have definitely one of the most talented teams, uh, so they're considered one of the favorites. Argentina is considered one of the favorites. <coughs> um, <coughs> Argentina. Wrong pipe, <laughs> I went down the wrong pipe. Uh, a lot of the classics, you know, like Spain, Argentina, Germany, England, and Portugal are like semi-favorites. Of those, two of them feature um, players who are 
among the best ever. So Cristiano Ronaldo plays for Portugal, and Lionel Messi plays for Argentina. And those two guys are, by most people's estimation, both two of the best, you know, soccer players ever. Okay. Um, individually, they have won every accolade that exists. Uh, professionally, they have won every meaningful title. Uh, both of them have. Like, they've just accomplished everything you possibly can in a professional level and on an individual level. Internationally, because they play for teams that... I mean, Argentina is traditionally very good and has won two World Cups. Um, but, you know, it's difficult. Careers are short, right? If you're lucky, you'll maybe play in four World Cups if you're lucky. Okay. That would be 12 years apart. That would be a lot. That would be like 19 to 31 or 22 to 34. Whoa. Right? That's like a long span Yeah. to play in four World Cups. So... Um, you know, it's, it's hard, and they're hard to win. So neither of them has won a World Cup yet. They've both won the international tournaments of their respective continents, which are the two biggest continental tournaments. So Messi has oh. won in Argentina the um, uh, the CONMEBOL Copa America. He's won that just recently. Okay. And Ronaldo has won a European championship with Portugal, which is a particularly big upset. Um, Argentina is like the second best team in South America, so it's not... But anyway, they both checked that box off. Ronaldo is 37. This is definitely his last World Cup. Okay. Or, I mean, almost certainly. I guess He's a possible. sex symbol. He is absolutely a sex symbol. Deservedly so. <laughs> Physically. I, I, don't, I don't know much about him as a person. Sure. Physically, or, he deserves to be a sex symbol. We don't know yeah. how he is in bed. That's a great point. Um, and Messi <laughs> is 35. So Messi, I guess, in theory, could play again. But, you know, is pro- if their last World Cup's in what you could possibly consider to be their primes. Fair. Ronaldo may be a little bit past his. Um, but, you know, they both got sort of an outside shot. You know, they're both on probably top 10 teams. Okay, so we got our eyes on Argentina, Portugal, France, Brazil. Germany always. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And let's talk about it. Let's get excited about the U.S. Oh, yeah. Let's get excited about this week leading up to Thanksgiving. Yeah. Let's hear about the group stage. All right. So should I do like a very brief, like, talk about like the structure? I think I can do it briefly. I think so, because I don't even know much about it. Okay. And we probably play each team from the group. Yes. So that's one, one of the many awesome things about this structure of the World Cup is everyone is guaranteed three games, right? In a lot of ways, it's similar to March Madness and, you know, in, in ways that I think are sort of really cool. But what's different is everyone's guaranteed three games. You, you get to play everyone in your group of four. And the teams basically that do the best of those four teams um, in terms of like points. And you get points from winning games and drawing games. You get okay. zero points for a loss, one for a draw, three for a win. Oh, so wins are really wins are big. rewarded. Wins are big, but draws are helpful, you know, because not only are you getting a point out of that, but you're, the other team you're playing is getting one point instead of three. So, like, a draw, if you draw against a team that's, like, better than you, that should have beaten you, that's a big deal. That's called, like, getting a result. If you draw or win, that's a result. You get points out of it. Okay. You made, you did something positive. So I can say that at a pub. Oh, absolutely. And, and. Like, You'd be like, I really hope we get a result out of this. Wow. People yeah. are like, all right, this guy knows what he's talking about. Exactly, yeah. This guy just paid for his beer in pounds. Yeah. They'll raise an eyebrow and then sort of look at each other and be like, okay. The, yeah. Ameri- the Yank knows what he's talking yeah, about. Yeah, where's the Yank hiding his scarf? <laughs> um, so so you get to play three group games. And the way that the groups are organized, it's not totally random. 
So there's almost always like one team that's like one of the great teams. But you're not going to have like, you'd never have like Brazil, Germany, and France all in the same group. They was, seed it. Okay. Yeah. So there's always like at least one team that's really good. Sometimes if they're unlucky, there's like two teams that are really good. Uh, then there's like some teams that are pretty good. And there's often like a team that like is probably would fall into the category of in sports, you'd say like just happy to be there. I'm, okay. doing, I'm doing finger quotes. Yeah. Um, no, with, no just, one's, with, with just one hand, though. Right. Yeah. Finger <laughs> quotes with just one hand. It could uh, be a bunny rabbit. Yeah. So technically, this is still a long quotation because I never closed it out with the other hand. <laughs> Thank you. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, and in the World Cup, there are, like, teams that are just happy to be there because just qualifying is a big deal. So, sure. But the cool thing is, like, you know, you're going to get a crack at shocking the world, tying or beating a team like England or Germany or Brazil or something like that. You'll get a shot at that. Yeah. But that's not the only game you're going to play. You'll also have a shot at, like, people who are more reasonable opponents for you. Okay. Uh, you do not have to win your group. You have to finish in the top half of your group after your three games are over. If you finish in the top half of your group, you go on to the round of 16, and then from there on, it's single elimination. So round of 16, quarterfinal, semifinals, final. There's also a third-place game for the losers of the semifinals, um, which is like, you know, it's cool they do it, but yeah. it's not that big. Now, when you say the top half... I mean, we're just talking about top two. Right, yeah, the top two of four. Okay. Right, sorry, yeah. Top I didn't know four. if you tied, like they would suddenly let three people from your group go or something. They used to do weird stuff like that. The format doesn't change all that infrequently, but for most, for all the World Cups I've like watched, I think in my lifetime, it's always just been, yeah, top two out of four because okay. it's been 32-team tournament. Next time, they're going to expand it to 48. So I have no idea how it'll work, but it'll, I'm sure it'll do, come up with something good. Okay. I'm sure they'll still guarantee everybody at least three games and then just figure out another way to do the knockout stage after that. Got it. All right, so the U.S., we're going to play... Uh, gosh, we play We're going to play Wales first. Wales. Got on it. Monday the 21st. Yes. At 2 p.m. All our games are at 2 p.m., which is very convenient. I was actually sort of hoping they'd be weirder because I like the weird times. Yeah. That to yeah. me is fun. But two is still fun. Um, so all our games are at 2 p.m. We start with Wales... Which is a game that you would probably say we should win. Okay. If the World Cup is going the way it's supposed to for the United States, it's supposed to and we want it to, that's a game that we're kind of supposed to win. Okay. We're better than Wales. They have a lot of great players, but they don't have as deep talent. They have this one guy, Gareth Bale, who is like maybe just a tiny bit past his prime, but was for a while one of the best five or six players in the world. Um that's one of those things about those like like British countries that aren't England. It's like some of the best players who never make World Cups play for those teams, Scotland and Wales. The countries are just small. Okay. In Northern Ireland, the countries are just small. It's hard to make the World Cup, but they don't play with the English team. They have their own World Cup teams. Nice. Um, so Wales actually haven't. This is just a. I thought you'd like this piece of trivia. Please. Wales has not played in a World Cup since nineteen. 19- 58 or something like that i think they said it was 64 years ago so that makes sense i guess and they made in that world cup they made it all the way to the quarterfinals they lost a one nothing game to brazil and the guy who scored the goal was pele whoa so the last time wales played in a world cup they got knocked out by one goal from pele which is pretty like it's just cool how that like yeah. history kind of works yeah um, and so they would they would fall into a team that's like 
good and has a lot of talented players, but would sort of fall into that, like, it's a really big deal just for them to have made it. You know, that's a it's really hard to qualify out of Europe. Um, for them to have qualified is a pretty, pretty big feat. And they have a chance at getting out of the group, but it would be less likely than the two sort of favorites, which would be England pretty heavily and then the United States. Okay, so then on to England on the 25th. So England on the 25th. On Black Friday. Yeah. You pointed this out to me. Big Black Friday. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm I'm really excited. I think it's going to be awesome. I'm excited because I'm going to be with some uh, family on, like, my wife's family who are not normally, like, big soccer fans. But I think that this is the kind of thing that you can get people excited about. I think so. It's the World Cup. It's England. Most people are off work. Yeah, exactly. It's like, hey, we want to watch TV and be cozy today anyway. Exactly. And you're not going to have to convince them to turn anything off. So you get them hooked with this because yeah. they don't really care about college football. I don't know. If, would, the, would there be college games on that early anyway on a Friday? I think, I think Maybe. they'll start at noon. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. you, have to make, you have to make hard choices in life sometimes. But, but it doesn't look like the, the best ones are starting at noon. It doesn't right. Look like the best ones. So that game is going to be against uh, England. That's sort of like a semi-rivalry. England is definitely better than us. Um, but, you know... They sort of, like, chronically underachieve. They, like, want to be considered as, like, one of the elites. Like, they want to be considered in the same category as Brazil, who's won five, and Germany, who's won four, and Italy, who's won four, and France, who's won two. But they've only won one. Okay. It was back in 1966. And, like... But they're hanging on to that. Yeah, they're hanging on to that. You know, they always have this thing of, like, it's coming home, which our friend Sal loves to make fun of. Yes, I I hate that commercial, too. It's coming home. Yeah. Um, It's like, what? Yeah, like, they own this, like, the most global sport. Uh, Yeah. Oh, because do they believe that soccer was invented there? Maybe it was invented there. I don't actually know that. Maybe it was. But, I mean, you know, whatever. It also could have been invented everywhere all at once, right? Sure. Just kicking something around. That's a good point. One of one of mankind's great like like, I'm sure the first person to kill a bison, you know, did it similarly to someone else killing a buff a buffalo or a. That's a good point. A uh, elephant, you know, you they know, didn't people, all have to know that guy. People have probably been kicking things <laughs> for millennia. <laughs> millennia, wow. Um, <laughs> Before pre anno domini, yeah. Um, so yeah, so like so England. And it's kind of fun. I'm a little bit of an England national team hater, a little bit. I think I'd like to be. It's kind of fun to sort of, like, hate on them a little bit. Yeah. Because if you're an England hater, they'll rarely let you down. I'll say that much. (laughs) Um, But, uh, so, we've actually, the last time we played them in a World Cup, we tied them. Which was, like, a a big deal for us, and, like, they were I watched that in a bar in the village. Yeah. Like, a packed bar, and... There was some weird goal. Like, did we have a strange goal where the keeper fell on and the ball was rolling really the, slow? The keeper, yeah, just it was a slow it. roller. Yeah, I mean, to be fair to the Americans, you have to put yourself in a situation for that to happen. But yeah, it was really lucky, uh, and it was a big mistake by that goalie, which is tough. He's a great player, obviously. You know, you know, I, I have a distinct memory from that. Jordan Pickford. I still remember his name. Wow. Just because of that. Great player. You wouldn't be the starting goalkeeper for England if you weren't a great goalie. <laughs> but yeah, that that's what I always remember him for. <laughs> I was at a bar and it was packed with Upright Citizens Brigade folk. But this would this was like the World Cup in like what two thousand and ten or something, right? Oh man, or I, I, I think it's two thousand ten. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. And also, I don't actually remember if it was Jordan Pickford. It might have been a different guy. If it's not Jordan Pickford, I apologize to him. The humans won't look it up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but the bar was so packed. And I quickly had this instinct of like, Sid, order your beers from the bar. Mm. And don't get involved in whatever massive group tab is going on. That's here, a good it's idea. It's just going to be horrible. Well, people are going to be leaving at different times. Yes. Yeah. And then, like, there were some tables that were, like, other friends of ours. And then the whole place was full of camaraderie. So, the right. people were just sitting everywhere. Like, yeah. people were, like, legitimately sitting, like, on the floor in some places. The place <laughs> was so crowded. Right, like, right. people were sharing a chair type of situation. And I... Like, I was hungry, and I thought, like, I, one, I didn't want to spend the money on a full restaurant meal. And two, I was like, this is also crazy. So I left during, do they call it halftime? Yeah, yeah. I left during halftime and got, like, a slice nearby and came back. Mm, that's I can't smart. imagine my seat was still waiting for me unless I, I don't know how that worked. But anyway. Maybe you I took remember, the chair with you. <laughs> yeah. But I remember getting out of this horrible, you know, tab situation. It was being very, very happy with myself. that's very clever that's a good world cup tip oh one of the things i loved about your episode was this idea of like people you know watching multiple sports at the same time i think that sounds so cool and i could totally see like if you're if they're they're watching some other sport right yeah. you got a vested interest in that game the world cup's also on you're like you know, actually, it'd be pretty cool if I won both of these. Yeah. Right? Yeah. On the one hand, like, this is who I'm rooting for in the Big Ten Championship, but also, you know, everyone in the bar is rooting for America. Yeah. Right? You're all on the same page about that. This is true. Which is another thing that makes the World Cup so cool is it's, like, it's the whole country is rooting for the same team. Yeah. And what's also cool about that is, like, all everyone you're going to watch in the World Cup, everyone you watch play, this is the only... I mean, for the most part, this is basically the only national team they've ever rooted for since they were four years old. Oh, they've been rooting for and US. dreaming of playing for this team, I right? See. Every, and that's every player in the whole World Cup. Like, every Brazilian player, they're like, oh, it's always been my dream to play for the Brazilian national team. Wow. And so that that's what's cool, I think, about the national game. Um, and it's also like they take it seriously. Like, th- these national teams play, like, 10 games a year. It's, it's not like they just get together every once in a while for a World Cup. And it's like an all-star team that doesn't know each other. Like, they play each other. They have specific national team-based strategies. Um, and they really want to win. And they really want to win. This isn't yeah. like this shitty-ass all-star game. Oh, yeah. If you asked... I think if you asked, like, the vast majority of soccer players ever if they, like, had the choice between winning a World Cup or winning, like, you know, the most impressive professional, I don't think it would be close. It'd be like, I, I want to win the World Cup. The Copa Mundial. Yeah. Bingo. <laughs> Bingo. So can we beat England? Yeah, oh, definitely. Another great thing about soccer is, like, you know, on a given day, anything can happen. You know, like, uh, in the United States has not been, like, a phenomenally successful soccer nation since... The, I've basically been watching pretty closely since, like, the 98 World Cup. Okay. France. But like, that was in France. Yes, right, right. Uh, but, like, since I started watching, we've tied england in world cups we have beaten portugal in a world cup we've beaten mexico in a world cup like we've did i say we tied italy already we tied italy in 2006 the year they won the whole thing wow like we tied them in the group stage after the headbutt or pre-headbutt pre-headbutt yeah we tied them pre-headbutt um so you know like so the first of all the united states are not scrubs you know they're not they're like a mid-tier 
team. Okay. They're not elite, but they're definitely not like a team you look past. Like of the World Cups I've watched, we've made it out of the group stage uh, a few times. We've won one knockout game. Um, we don't always make it out of our group, but that's generally considered like an underachievement. Like we're often the second best team in our group. Okay. Um, so, uh, wait. Oh, can we beat England? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, we can beat England. I don't know if we will. We hopefully won't have to because we should win our games against Wales and Iran. Okay. The dangerous thing, let's say we get a loss or a draw against Wales. Yeah. Then there's going to be a huge amount riding on our game against England because if you lose to England, then they're potentially going into their last group stage game with nothing to play for. And that's a dangerous situation to put yourself in because now some other team gets the benefit of playing England who might not play all their best players because they're like, well, we're already through to the next round. Oh, they don't care if they draw or like... Yeah. Or they might say like, well, you know, it's Wales, we're better than them and, you know, we're not going to rest all our best players, but we're not going to let, you know, our best three or four guys get hurt. You know, that's not... Because there's a seeding. There's a little bit better sure. to, to win your group than to finish second. Yeah. So you're, all the games will matter. But they definitely might go into that game not having as much to play for as the team they're playing against. Fair. So that is a dangerous position to put yourself in. But that's our second game. Hopefully we'll have beaten Wales. Um, if we tie, it's not the end of the world. If we lose, you know, it's also not the end of the world. We've got time to fix it. But then we'll need to beat England, which is a tough position to be in. Got it. They're definitely better than we are. They definitely have more talent top to bottom. They definitely have way more experience. Um, you know, they're, they're the favorites in that game. And why do they have that white flag with the red cross? I thought they were like the Union Jack. What's going on there? Well, because it's not the British national team. It's the English national team. So oh. Great Britain competes in the Olympics. Olympics. Sorry. Great Britain competes in the Olympics altogether. But in the World Cup, like I was saying before, Wales, oh. Scotland, Northern Ireland, they have their own national soccer teams. Interesting. So the English national team is just English, an English artist. An English yeah. artist. So it's just, and that's why, you know, sometimes, because the populations of Scotland and Wales and Northern Ireland are way smaller. But yeah, the English team is always good. And those teams sometimes have trouble fielding a really good, you know, international team. Wow. So I need to learn my like English history to even know what the hell's going well, on. Well, because they're all technically different countries. Part sure. of the More, United folks, Air Kingdom. quotes again, but this time with both fingers. <laughs> both hands. Yeah. Both hands. Yeah. Four sorry, fingers. sorry to Wales and Scotland for calling you countries with air quotes. I mean, I do stand by it though. <laughs> uh, so so yeah, so we've got a shot. Sure. Now I, I said on the last podcast, I'm checking the current odds now, but it seems like if you one was to wager ten dollars for the US to win the group stage. You'd get paid out sixty-five. I'd say that's. Does just that down sound th like a pretty good bet? That sounds like a fair number, and okay. I think it would be a lot of fun to be on the to be on the like pro US side of that bet. Okay. Um, but that would be that would really come down to that game against England. That would make that game against England kind of uh, the the linchpin on on which that bet would hinge. Let's just double check this one last time. Ten dollars on the USA to win our group. Yep, sixty bucks, sixty-five buckaroos. Hey, you're saying anything's possible. And that's all we have to do. And you turn ten dollars into sixty-five. That yeah, beating England will definitely be the key to that. And England, like, I am not the only source that you'll hear this from. England does sort of have a history of underachieving at major tournaments. 
So I mean, Sounds the last like it. Since the last 1966. time they, yeah, the last time they played us, we beat them. Or no, sorry, we tied, we tied them, which was not what was supposed to happen for them. Okay, yeah. that was a big deal. Yeah, I remember the bar going crazy. Yeah, I was at the Riv- Riviera. Oh, nice. Where's that? Somewhere on like Sixth Avenue in the Village or nice. somewhere. Yeah, it's one of those like triangular ones. Oh, kind of has like yeah, a flat yeah. iron look. Yeah, yeah, I know exactly. What Lots you're of thinking. windows. It's a nice summer day. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean, and then the last team in our group is Iran, uh, who I don't know that much about. I think they did pretty well uh, in their qualifying. Uh, I know they have a lot of off-the-field stuff that has been a complicating factor for the team. One of their star players has been kind of outspoken against the government. And these federations, you know, I don't know how connected the federation is to the national government in the United States, but in a place like Iran, um, there's, you know, your career as a soccer player for the national team, you know, does have, like, can potentially be influenced by how the government feels about you at any given time. Fair enough. So there's some question as to whether or not this player will get a chance to play. You have to admire him for speaking up. Um, but uh, Absolutely. And I don't think he's the only player on the Iranian team who's done it. That's another thing where worthy of a deeper dive than I'm capable of giving you. Another but, companion podcast. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, um, but, you know, they... I do know that I think most people would say they fall into the another another team that falls into the category of if things are going reasonably well for the United States, that's a game that we should win. Um, uh, but yeah, uh, that's that's the rest of our group, and then of course you have the United States, which is at a very exciting moment in time. I think our national team. Yes. As people like to abbreviate, the USMNT. Yes. For some reason, it always looks like a Ninja Turtles uh, acronym to me. Oh, wow. Yeah, the U.S. Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> yeah. See, sometimes I get mixed up because sometimes that actually is what I'm looking for. <laughs> the U.S. Mutant Ninja Turtles. Because I don't want to get... a lot of the same letters, right? N-N-T. Yeah. Yeah. Which are not, you know, that commonly uh, Yeah, I mean, together. I just... You know, my speed reading class in college, I mean, <laughs> high school really paid off. I just, you know, now when I see a tweet, yeah. I think it's about the turtles. <laughs> uh, so the United States men's national team. Yes. So we're yeah. a big part in history for us. We are at an exciting crossroads. So, so I think, like I said before, I really started following in like 98. Okay. Um, the I same started... year that Brandy Chastain took off her shirt. Oh, that might have been 99. I think they might... Okay. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, but it was that same era. Got it. That that game I was watching with my whole family. We're up on our feet. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, yeah. So '98, we did well. I should. My lifetime is actually sort of its own sort of like mini era for the United States. So we did pretty well in the 1930 World Cup. 1930. Um, yeah, like the first one. We made it to the okay. like semifinals or something. Huh. Uh, but there were only 13 teams. It was a little bit different than what it is now. Okay. So, like, when people talk about, like, America's best World Cup, they don't... It's like, the answer is that that's sort of it, you know? But it's also sort of like a weird... Right, it's sort of a sample. weird one. Yeah. 1950, we had a big... And if I can point out briefly, oh, yeah. you have a nickname, if you don't mind me sharing this with the humans, called the Stats Hound. Oh, yeah. You you uh, gathered data and crunched it yourself for the uh, old Upright Citizens Brigade show cage match. Yes. And your nickname is was the Stat Sound. Well, we'll have to edit this out because technically that's still a secret. 
No, I'm just, oh, I'm just joking. Fuck, is it? No, no, no I'm just kidding. No, because I, I was always the person posting on my Facebook, and I would pretend it was, like, this mystery <laughs> as to who this dad's time was. And then, like, I think, like, Pat Regan, like, got in on it and was, like, sort of would, like... Who is this? He would, yeah, he would, like, get in on, like, the this fake, like, mystery of who it was. <laughs> but, like, I was... I was his deep throat, or maybe the reverse. Like, I would always leak his information. Sure. But yes, it was me. I have revealed this at other times. Good, good. But you, you're you giving us some StatsHound-esque data, and also you oh, yeah. add a color to it. You give us a reason. You know, there's some people that throw data at you, and they hand you a stack of that paper that sort of, like, oh, yeah, has the, the old... holes on the sides. <laughs> yeah. But you actually it prints like an accordion. Yeah, you 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 let the numbers tell a story for us. Oh, you got to find the story in the numbers, man. You know. So 1930, an outlier, our best World Cup, and out, perfect thir- 13 teams. Yeah, perfect description of it. 19... Like what was even going on? Like, did the NFL even exist yet? You know. That's a great question. I don't know the answer to that. I'm sure the Super Bowl didn't, because they're only on like right, right. Yeah. D X V I. <laughs> Uh, but, uh, 50, we won a big upset. 1950. 1950. This is, I just feel like soccer is so new. Well, it's kind of And I'm using quotes now. hence the the third era that we'll talk about. Like someone driving in a Chevy with big fans. Well, I guess that was like 55, 57, but still in 1950, we were in the World Cup. Yeah, 1950, we qualified for the World Cup. Post-World War II. Yeah. Baby boomers. Not only that, we beat England. Oh my god! In the group stage of the World Cup, one nothing. People were so confused about it that in England there were people who thought it must have been a misprint that we beat them ten to one, and they forgot to add the second one. That's what like some people honestly thought. Nineteen fifty. Our parents are in the back seats of cars without seatbelts on. Oh yeah, riding around. Absolutely. But then there's well, and then in like the seventies, it got popular in America again because like a, a bunch of these like. Like Pele actually be- briefly played professionally in America at the end of his career, and for the New York Cosmos. Yeah, wow, <laughs> incredible for, uh, for someone who only likes soccer four times, yeah. once every four years. <laughs> so there's like another podcast called The Men in Blazers where they talk about uh, they have this like running joke of how in America soccer is the sport of the future and has been since 1950. <laughs> that I believe. <laughs> like uh, it's always about to catch on, right? So in the 70s, it had sort of a popular pro league that eventually folded. We didn't really qualify for a, that many World Cups, I don't think, until like 1990. We qualified. 94, we hosted, made it out of our group. Still wild. Yeah. And it was, we're a great host. Like, we're going to host it again in 26, which is part of why this is such an important crossroads. Oh, and podcast. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, so... Uh, 90, we qualified. 94, we hosted and made it out of our group. Wow. Alexi Lamas? Lalas. 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 Yeah, who hosts another great podcast about the World Cup. Wow. Um, Grow the hair back or I won't listen. (laughs) That's fair. Uh, Because, you know, it's an audio medium, but we we want people to have good hair. (laughs) Yeah, dude. Don't tell me what my haircut is right now. I don't want them to get turned off. You had some very long hair for a very long time. It's a little just... Yeah. It's mild right now. Yeah, it's it's mild is the right description. Uh, So, 98, we, we... that was sort of the first one I really paid attention to. I was 10 years old, really got into it. It was in France. We did not make it out of our group. A little bit of a disappointing World Cup. I was a junior in high school, just for context. <laughs> that's that's good to know. So 2002, were you following it all? 
Those Korea-Japan late-night, middle-of-the-night games. I doubt. I don't know. I would have been home working right. at, at the Planters Inn in the summertime. Mm. And we, my family's a half sports on when right, it's right. like something fun like the Olympics or that kind of a family. But I don't remember watching it in 2002. So that was our best World Cup of my lifetime and okay. of this sort of modern era that begins in 1990. Okay. And 1994, when we won the World Cup, that also like was tied into the launching of the MLS. Uh, which the MLS now is like so successful. It's weird to think that it was just founded in like the mid nineties, but, um, so I thought it was even newer <laughs> Fair enough. to be honest. Uh, that's also, <laughs> uh, telling, I guess, but, uh, so 2002, we had a great world cup made out of our group, won a game in the knockout stage against Mexico, our okay. rivals. I root for Mexico too in the world cup. Because they're by far the best team that we play really regularly. Okay. And you could say the same about us for them. Okay. Like, we play each other a lot in games that matter for World Cup qualification, continental tournaments. Like, we're usually the two favorites. Sometimes co-favorites, sometimes it's us, sometimes it's them. We play a lot of games that matter against each other. And they're by far, like... So they're the best team we regularly play. They're the And we're the best team they regularly, regularly play. Got it. Um... But so we but we beat them in a World Cup, sort of like when Duke and UNC played in the Final Four, right? It's like these rivals. Yeah. Um, we ended up meeting in the round of sixteen. We beat them this middle of the night game, wow. one two nothing. Made it to the quarterfinals, played Germany, lost partially due to a controversial missed call that today with video VAR the video review uh, we probably would have gotten a penalty kick, which is not a guaranteed goal. Sure. But we only lost one nothing, and there was like a handball in the box. Okay. Um, and they went on. Was Hand that two thousand two? They did not go on to win that World Cup. Brazil won that one. France won ninety eight. Brazil won two thousand two. Two thousand six, we had another disappointing performance. Didn't make it out of our group. Two thousand. Uh, I might be getting these backwards. Uh, whatever. Two thousand ten and two thousand six were not particularly remarkable, except two thousand ten. Landon Donovan had a great World Cup. Scored a goal. I think they got us out of our group. Oh, that's what it was. We got eliminated by Ghana twice in a row. 2006, oh, that's right. That guy cried on YouTube. Yeah, 2006. <laughs> or on newscasts, and it's all over YouTube still. Oh, who's that? I don't remember. There's some guy that was crying. He's like, you just don't know what it means to us, man. We just always think that we can. Oh, and like, it's like a bar patron. This <laughs> oh, was, that would have been... Oh, it's not a player. No, oh, no, no. It's a bar oh. patron. I think that was 2010. I remember watching that. Oh, uh, okay. I remember that's watching funny. that video during my internship at The Onion. Name drop. <laughs> yeah, like, so So 2006, we got eliminated by Ghana in the group stage because they beat us in this game that basically knocked us out. Okay. It was it was only the group stage, so it wasn't like an elimination game, but they basically they ended our World Cup. And then 2010, we met them in the knockout stage and they knocked us out just for real. <laughs> and then we played 2014. We made it out of our group again, played this epic game against, I think this was 14 against um, Belgium uh, where our goalie Tim Howard had like one of the best games any goalies ever had in the World Cup kept it 0-0 uh, against all odds through the through the first 90 minutes set a record for most saves in a World Cup Whoa. by a goalie since they started keeping track of saves and in the extra time the game got a little wild and it, this game that had been 0-0 through 90 minutes ended up after 120 minutes after 30 more was 2-1 they beat us. Whoa. Uh, so we couldn't like it's not, it's not sudden death. 
No. You, you play, play to the end of extra time. Used to be golden gold. Now you play two 15-minute halves, guaranteed. Okay. And then if that's still tied, you go on to penalties. But that's only in the knockout stage. Got it. In the group stage, you just ended with a tie. Just a good old-fashioned boring tie. <laughs> yeah. Though, like we said. No one leaves happy. A tie? No, no, that's not true. <laughs> well, the players do, but people at the bar probably don't. Well, it depends if you're rooting. If dude, hey, if you're if, an Amer- if, if you're- America <laughs> wins, beats Wales, and then ties England, people are gonna be leaving the bar happy. Okay, fair. fair. And people will be leaving the bar pissed in England. <laughs> like, draws right. are not nothing. Okay. In the World Cup, they're not nothing because like a draw can still be a big upset. Got it. You know. Um. So. Uh. So that wait, where are we in the summer? We're, uh, 2014. 14. And that's it. Because 2018, we didn't qualify. Whoa. We, which is the first time since the, since 1990, we didn't qualify. And you generally think of America as being on a trajectory of getting better over time. Fastest growing sport. <laughs> yeah. The future. But we got, we underperformed and had a little bad luck on the very last day of qualifying. The way it had to end is we had to lose our game. And these other two favorites had to also lose their games. And going into halftime, we were tied... Mexico was up, and this other team, I forget who, they were also the favorite in their game, maybe like Costa Rica, who's also pretty good. We're all up. We're tied. And in the second half, all three games switched to go the way required for the United States to not qualify for the World Cup. So we didn't make it. Now, did the world have a big laugh at our expense? Oh, I'm sure. Like, we're America. Yeah, we're bad at soccer, but that's kind of one of the only things. Well, whenever a team gets, like, a little embarrassed, like, that's funny, right? Yeah. You know, like... We're not supposed to be great at the at the World Cup, but we're not supposed to not qualify in CONCACAF, where, like, you know, some of the other teams are really good considering their population size. There's 300 million people in America. You know, like, we're not supposed to, like, finish fourth behind. Like, it's one thing to lose to Mexico and, like, maybe one of, like, Costa Rica, Honduras, El Salvador. They have a lot of great soccer players, but they're tiny countries. We shouldn't finish behind three of them. Or, you know, like... Uh, so 2018 was also because the game we lost at the very end, the crucial game we lost was against a, a Jamaican team. Wait, I actually don't remember who we were playing, but I remember that they had nothing to play for. They had already not qualified. It wasn't even their best players. And well, they didn't even have their best players playing because they didn't want, you know, people were like, I'm going to stick with my pro team. Yeah. So it was like younger guys getting a shot and they are the one, and we had everything to play for. We had the whole world cup to play for and they knocked us out. I don't remember who that team this was. It almost sounds like someone beating the dream team. Well. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit. A little bit. Okay, uh, so we're in a new era of American soccer. New era, young guys. You told me once that a lot of our young guys, or a lot of our players, play professionally in Europe, which seems like a big change from years yes, before. More so than ever before, a lot of our best players are very young. That We are the youngest team in the World Cup by average age. Whoa. Um, and yeah, like a lot of our... I would say all of our best players are 24 and under. Um, Christian Pulisic is 23 or 24. Weston McKenney is, I think, maybe a little bit younger than that. Gio Reyna has just turned 20 or 21. Maybe even 19. I don't know. These, I, I lose track sometimes. Yunus Musa, I know, is only 19. So, like, these are some of our best players. I just named, like, four of our six or seven best players. And these guys will be around on the next World Cup and maybe the next World Cup. Absolutely the next World Cup, especially the really good ones. I've heard from my uncles, Bob and Don, who follow American <laughs> soccer really closely. How's their podcast? Oh, man. They're, they're really missing out. Bob and Don. One. And my dad could be on it, too. Tom, Bob, and Don. 
Oh, I but like it. They have a little bit more soccer expertise, but they're my sort of go-to email thread for this stuff. Okay. They say that the guys coming up behind these guys are at least as good. So the guys who are right now like 17 to 21 are as good as the guys. Anyway, but it's really young crew of guys, really successful playing internationally, and not just in Europe, but on big clubs in Europe. Clubs like Chelsea and Juventus and AC Milan and uh, like teams in Spain and Germany and like really, really elite top level teams and actually getting playing time and doing meaningful things sometimes, not all the time. Yeah. So definitely our most like internationally accomplished team we've ever had despite their age and probably overall like our our most talented and it's also sort of this clean reset from 2018 because these guys are so young most of them didn't even play in that qualifying cycle except for christian pulisic and it wasn't his fault you know he was like only 19 he played really well so we're a fresh team very fresh we only have one player on the team with any world cup experience at all of 26 guys on the roster only one of them played in the 2014 world cup this guy deandre yedlin who's like now 29 uh, he was like wow. very young on that on that 2014 squad, so so we could do some damage. We absolutely could do some damage, and we've never gotten further than in your lifetime in of winning lifetime, more than one knockout game. Right, we've made it to the elite eight, so to speak, and not further. And not one. It's tough to make it beyond that, right? Because once you get yeah, to the knockout the big stage, dogs. yeah, once you get to the knockout stage, you're gonna have to beat people. Which is why in the World Cup there are like groups of death. But no one really complains, you know, because it's like, well, if you want to win the whole thing, you're going to have play to them anyway. Someday you're going to have to beat Brazil yeah. or Italy or Germany. You're going to have to go through someone great, you know, and how fun to get a chance. Exactly. Yeah. So so uh, I think making it not making it out of our group would be a significant disappointment. It's very it's possible as anything can happen, you know. But that would be a significant disappointment. Making it out of the group is like a good checked box, like something we can be excited about. Making it, winning games in the knockout round is like where it starts to become, you're playing with house money and we're having a really good time watching these young guys. The icing on the cake. Absolutely. Now, I know you have some stuff that we probably haven't, I haven't asked you yet, so I do want to hear what that is. But I have to ask, the listeners know you're a Christmas head. <laughs> I know you're a Christmas head. How are you going to balance your Christmas programming, your Christmas music, your Christmas wow. moving, your your Christmas movies, your Christmas shows? What kind of stuff you have? Like, like I mentioned, for baking Christmas cookies, you're usually listening to a Christmas song or watching a Christmas show. How are you going to balance having on this all this soccer? That's a great question. Um, I hadn't even thought about it. And you said Christmas moving. And oh, you're right, because uh, we are moving. Oh, and I, that was a mistake. I've been saying so, Christmas movies, but, but I did say moving. You are moving. Yeah, that's This will be my I, last time to be in this bedroom. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Uh, unless you make friends with the next people who live here. It's very possible. Uh, so, yeah, we're, we're moving. That's why I've been calling it as Brian in Manhattan. Uh, oh. Because, you know, it's my last, uh, last few months. Sure. Um, but, yeah, I hadn't even thought about that. But I'll find a way. It's my two favorite things. And to the listeners know, you're moving. You're still going to be in New York City metro area. Yes. But not in New York City. Probably. Yeah, I'll be in the burbs. I'll be Brian and Pelham. And yeah. I'll definitely still be calling in. So Fair enough. You'll so hear that a lot. you're still a regional guy. You're still here. Absolutely, yeah. You're still off the metro north. Yeah. But sorry, you were going to say, um, you're going to field my question about I'm, balance. I'm very excited about it. I'm excited to have stuff to watch around the holidays. And the closer it gets... To Christmas, 
the more it's like, and I'm stealing this from a Fox soccer commercial, I'm embarrassed to say, but it would be a Christmas miracle. <laughs> Like the the I think the end of the tournament I I oh, should that the one the that John Hamm is in yeah yeah I don't like that dapper Santa Claus I have to say you know the first the teaser commercial I loved and okay. then the second one I thought was a little too earnest fair um the one where he's in the Hawaiian shirt that I one seen, I liked I haven't seen that one. the first one I liked and then yeah I don't like the more recent one but so it would be a Christmas miracle yeah I mean. I'm excited about it. I think that I think it'll be a lot of fun uh, to watch the games around Thanksgiving, like be around family while some of this stuff is happening. Um, to all have a common thing to cheer for. Yeah, uh, and if it may, if if they're still playing in December, I mean that now I've got a Christmas tree up and I'm watching the World Cup. I mean that that pinch me. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so I'm very excited about that aspect of it. Okay. Uh no, what world what what World Cup haven't I asked you about? What do we? What are some you know some things you were thinking of? Some surprises? What do we got here? So the twenty twenty six World Cup. Okay. We will be hosting. Wow. Which is exciting because a lot of our best players will be in their primes. You know, four years from now. So there's kind of a lot riding in a way on this World Cup because they've already sort of. Uh, you know, exercise the demons of 2018 when they didn't qualify. Uh, they didn't qualify as convincingly as they could have, but it wasn't really in doubt. They did a good job qualifying for this World Cup. Uh, we're guaranteed to make them next World Cup, so that's a given because we're hosting. Okay. We're co-hosting with uh, Canada and Mexico, uh, and so group games will be in the United States, Canada, and Mexico, but all the knockout games will be in the United States. Um, and that's going to be the first one where it's out of 48 teams. I have no idea how that'll work, but it'll be interesting. Um, so if this World Cup is uh, a World Cup in which these young guys, who have a lot of swagger and fearlessness, okay. like they're, they're not nervous. They're they are really excited. They're not nervous about embarrassing themselves. They're like, they like want to, you know, put the world on notice. Okay. Like, and they, I've seen them play some games. This is their coming out party. It, it, it absolutely can be. So their tune-up games did not go that well. I'm trying to just sort of move past that. We lost to Japan, who's a good team, but you know you never want to lose a friendly 2-0 when you're getting ready for the World Cup. And then we played another team, I think it was Saudi Arabia, and tied them. And that's not a great result. Uh, so, you know... The, the most recent stuff has not been ideal, but we have a lot of talented players. We've won some big games. Uh, they've beaten Mexico uh, in some really thrilling games where they like really showed a lot of uh, sort of resilience. Um, so you know, there's a lot to be optimistic about with these guys. And if they so they overachieve in 2022, let's say they win a knockout game, yeah, knockout because we could end up playing like the Netherlands. In the first round of the knockout stage, you knock out the Netherlands. That's huge. They were like favorites in 2010. Weren't yeah, they? they're 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 sort of like semi favorites. They're like second tier. Okay. If we're like sort of third, fourth tier, they're like second tier. Okay. Um, or we could, you know, depending on how the groups finish, we could end up playing another team from ne the Netherlands group, and maybe going into that round of 16 thinking like, oh, actually, we're the favorites in this game, and and winning that way. So um, a lot of potential for that to be really exciting. And then we've got four years to get excited about these young guys being four years older. Also, if they play really well, 
people will get offered bigger contracts on bigger teams. It's it's also a place to sort of showcase your talents. So a lot of the players are already playing on great teams. Maybe they want a little more playing time. Maybe they want to drum up interest from competing teams so make a place where they can have a bigger role. Yeah. So if they do well in the World Cup at this stage in their career, that makes a really big difference for them and their development as professional players, which in turn, you know, feeds their development as international players. So there's a lot of like, you know, you can really get the ball rolling downhill. Yeah. Uh, on the other hand, if it goes poorly, sort of like reinforces people's like doubts in the American soccer program, even though we in some ways have this kind of nice clean break from 2018. It's like, man, every time they say this is different, this team's different, you know, it's just, it's never same really old. true. Yeah. It's just the same old USMNT. Yeah. And then they go into, uh, the 2026 world cup as, as like, is this, this, you know, you know, roll your eyes when you say golden generation, you know, that it's just never going to pull anything off because there'll be so much more pressure then on 2026, as opposed to this sort of energy of like, well, who knows, you know, yeah. this time we make a run to the semis, you know, these guys are all starring at, you know, these big clubs in Italy and England and Germany and stuff. So, Interesting. Okay. Yeah. We're looking ahead to 2026 when we host. <laughs> yeah, that's, I guess, I'm getting a little ahead of myself. But that is... That's fine. It is it is relevant. I mean, you know, because there is a big advantage to hosting. So there's a decent chance that, like, if you had to bet money on when will be our best result of the next, you know, 16, 20 years, uh, 2026 would be, the, would be the year to bet on. It helps to be the host. I believe that. Yeah. Well, Brian... Anything else we need to cover here? Anything else we humans need to be aware of going into this World Cup? Yeah. Oh, yes. Wow, huge clutch play by Jackie in Manhattan there, remembering uh, <laughs> this one thing that we definitely needed to talk about. Okay, please, bring it on, dude. So I would imagine that you and I are on the same page about this. The U.S. men's national team chant, the like, I... It's like a call and response thing, so it's particularly dorky. Like, I, I believe. It's like a shoe commercial or something, I right? I believe. I believe that. I believe that. No, I think it I think it started organically okay. among, like, the American outlaws who are, like, the traveling fans. Oh, um, wow. And, quite, quite. you know, you got to give them credit that for called, traveling um, to go watch teams. cultural misappropriation to call yourself an outlaw if you're a traveling <laughs> American soccer fan? Yeah, it's a good point. Like, real criminals are, yeah. My prom dress, <laughs> your prom dress, whatever it is. Yeah. So, it it's, I find it's it very it's very long pause. It's just like it takes. I, I, and I then, believe. Oh my god! And you keep just wanting them to get to it. Like I don't want to do the whole even as a bit now. I do not want to get even close to it's doing the whole thing. It takes. It would too be long. like us being like chanting together. Like we would sound like a couple of monks in here. Yeah, and. I just also think it's a ridiculous thing to say as like a heavy underdog going into soccer. Like if you're playing a team you should beat, then it's ridiculous to be chanting, I believe that we should win like it's a big deal. Or if you're going Or we up, will win, right? I believe Yeah, we I believe will we will win. win, yeah. But if you're going up against like a a really good team, it's soccer. Of course I believe we can win. And that's why I'm watching. Like I'm watching because I've seen us beat Portugal and I've seen us tie Italy and I've seen you know, like I'm, that's why I'm watching. I, I, believe I believe we, we can, can win. win. Yeah, I believe we can win. 
Right? Like, otherwise, I wouldn't watch. But, like, I believe that we will win. It feels like a dumb thing to say. It takes it's too really long. It's really dumb. It takes way too long. I think it's, like, way too earnest. I don't, I don't like it one bit. And I really hope... I mean, especially since it started before 2018, and then we had, like, one of our most embarrassing... <laughs> I mean, it didn't start for that cycle, but... It's like, come on. And uh, also, like, if you're at a... Let's say you're at a live game, or you're in a bar. Well, we're all... Uh, yeah, yeah. Many of us will be in bars. There's going to be that guy that starts that chant. Because if it's a call and response, you get to be the star for that whole minute. If you are in that crowd, in that bar, just enjoy your beer. And like you do, do, if you want to do it, have fun. If you don't want to do it, do not feel pressured. Because I guarantee you that bar is full of people who do not want it to become, to catch on. Right? Like if you don't want to do it, take a stand, join that side. Because everyone else who's not saying it is not saying because they agree with you. Because they think it's like a little much. So you do not feel like you have to do it. If you want to do it, go for it. But if there's only three of you, you know. It's Black Friday. You're yeah. you're out of town. You're in a town where your relatives live. Yeah. You've survived Thanksgiving. You're still there through like, let's say, the next day, Saturday. Oh, yeah. And you're like, I'm getting out of the house to watch this. Right. And you're just excited to be around some people that aren't your family, excited to have a few beers and let the, all that that stuff that got attached to you the day before diffuse. And then yeah. this starts going on around. Yeah. Oh, man. I, I it's, it's, it is not my favorite. Yeah. I just, and I think it's cool that people like travel to see it. I've never, I've still never seen the national team in person. I'm definitely going to in 2026, but probably not before then. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so like you know it's cool that people are traveling and supporting the team in like all different countries but yeah like the the, i believe that we will win i just don't know how it caught on it i just who is the who are the people it's like i always feel about like these zombie outbreak movies like well who's the first person that got caught by this like like stumbling (laughs) decrepit dead creature like how did it get started who were the first five people that like couldn't just like back off and get away from being bitten and i feel that way about about the like i believe we will win chant it's like who are the people who first heard him like that's cool i'm getting it on the ground floor of this <laughs> uh, i'm so glad jack you reminded me just about. long it's oh long. yeah that's the worst thing about it is how long it is and there's a lot i don't like about it but that's the worst part it, you might even say it's too long to catch on as a TikTok. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You'd have to cut out the call and response. For sure. Like, people will just swipe past that. So, the U.S. men's national team TikTok fan club, the U.S. out... What is it? The American outlaws. Yeah. Their TikTok's not going to go anywhere because people are going to thumb away. As That's soon as the, someone's like, I... Long pause. <laughs> this is the fastest way to get swiped past on TikTok and on any dating app. <laughs> just to start with a video. I believe... <laughs> Um, oh, one, one, I mean, I, we should end on that because it's so good, but I, I also thought of one more thing. Please. Uh, if you're interested in getting psyched and you're like, oh, this sounds fun. Like, I would say if you're into sports, a good thing to compare it to is a lot of the same fun elements of March Madness. Okay. Like, there's more, like, genuine buy-in by the fans than in professional sports where players get traded and stuff. Even in pro or college sports now, people, like, transfer and stuff. Yeah. But, like, pro sports, I mean, these, you know, they're they're not playing for the teams they grew up rooting for. They get traded. They take new deals. You Here know, today, gone today. Yeah, it's cool, but it's not the same. 
and they're playing for a company, right? It's not the same. Uh, so it's like it's even more so than college sports. Is it like like everyone you will watch in this World Cup is playing for the team they rooted for as a little boy? And then it's also like a lot of the cool stuff about March Madness. There will be real upsets. There will be exciting games, great goals, um, and like, and and there's no matter what happens, there's always something to instill enjoy. Like, you know, almost everybody's team goes out before the end, right? Sure. But you, it's like by the time it's the semifinals, it's like okay, well, the start is a fun way for me to get excited about American soccer. Now it's. I'm watching I'm just into it. the best national teams in the world play three more games. Yeah. You know? uh, so, uh, yeah, this is, I, I, I highly recommend it. It's my favorite sporting event. Okay. By far. That's a, that's a pretty big endorsement. Yeah. So, Brian, this is, their, I mean, this is like our TV guide. <laughs> this is like we sat down in the recliner with our reading glasses. We haven't turned on the tube yet, and we're like, what am I about to watch? I mean, I'm yeah. ready I'm ready for the next month. Oh, yeah. I am I am so excited. I keep forgetting how long it's going to be. Like, I keep forgetting that it's not just America's three games and then maybe that's it. It's like, oh, yeah, no, this is a whole month-long it's gonna carry us. It's going to carry us right past the conference championships of college football oh, and yeah. get us through that bowl lull. Yeah, we'll be listening to Christmas music. We'll have the lights on. <laughs> you know, it's going to be it's going to be epic. Well, Brian, thank you for coming on the show. Thank you, thank you for coming here. That was an incredibly kind thing of you to do as a host and as a friend. And thank you for having me on. My favorite podcast. My favorite podcast, I'm talking about my favorite sporting event. Wow. Yeah. Now that's a Christmas miracle. <laughs> Melgaliki Maka, baby. <laughs> yes! <laughs> well, we'll see you soon. Later. Bye. Boy, he's still got it, doesn't he? He's still got it. Maliki Leaky Maka, baby. Melgaliki Maka, baby. Folks, that was Brian Fithian. Friend of the cast, fellow human, now star, interviewee uh, of episode 114 and also episode 11. Uh, thanks again, Brian, for coming on. Insightful knowledge. Stoked for a little cuppage. Stoked for some cuppage. Some cupping. Whatever we're going to call watching the World Cup. Well, humans, have a great weekend. As always, if you have something to say... Listener line at sydneyhollisshow.com. See you next week. Good day.